0: Greetings and welcome to Bombadil's porch. I'm Nate Larmore, hanging out here at Bombadil's porch with Caleb Klantz and Chris Martin as always. We are three Christian dads trying to recover that lost art of hanging out on the porch, building our camaraderie, our community, and taking some time to enjoy the view of God's word in this sometimes crazy world. And I think that's a good a fitting intro for our topic today, a little different than what our our audience is accustomed to, but we're going to be, we're wrapping up the first month of this, this new year. It was kind of interesting because we spent so much time as, as a country looking forward to being done with 2020. We're only a month into 2021, and I got to tell you guys, it feels like six months. <laughs> it's a crazy, crazy time we're living in. But we don't want to focus on the bad. I think we want to focus on the things that God's been teaching us and, and things particularly of note in our lives. Here we are just one month into 2021. So with that, uh, let's, let's get down to uh, hearing from you guys in one month in and uh we have a new president we have a we have a, a new government uh we have it feels like we have a new media because <laughs> there's no anger anymore it's all love um and so we've it, that feels new uh covid's still here uh but it but but lockdowns are are being lifted so that feels a little different At the same time, I got to tell you guys, it feels like everybody in my sphere is just as stressed out as they were in 2020. So, uh, the beauty, though, as we talked about in our last podcast, um, I don't, as Christians, we're not called to live in fear. In fact, we're called to live in Christ, and he shelters us from all these dangers, all these threats, all these uh, frustrating things that are happening in this fallen world of ours. So I want to find out from you all, what are some of the things that uh, that you are already learning, and hopefully uh, hopefully, some things that are encouraging you here at the end of January 2021?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, maybe starting at the big picture, and there's some things to talk about later that more just on the personal front, but... Uh had the privilege of of hanging out with a a good friend and brother in Christ uh today and he was talking about the world around him and he's in in business, starting businesses, buying businesses, works a lot in that world, a lot of things going on, and, and just talking about how all the stuff happening in the world is affecting that sphere and 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 trying to take that into calculations all the changes that have taken place over the last couple of months and last month in particular have not brought more stability or certainty in, into a lot of <laughs> a lot of the markets a lot of what people are trying to understand and predict the future but he made the observation he said it seems like right now uh god is just re- causing everybody to have to reveal what's in their hearts he just said from from nations um and and global things all the way on down just what what's been on the inside for a long time is now just coming out everywhere, and it's on the outside. And I think that's that's a real uh, neat opportunity for us a, as believers to be a, to be attentive to that. You know, we we always understand that it's the forces that work through the human heart that are going to be what shapes the world. You know the the strongest competing worldview probably right now to the Christian worldview is a materialistic worldview that says no the the forces that shape the world are systemic they're they're external, and that we we solve the problems in the world by by shaping the systems, uh, but we as Christians understand no it's it's the heart of man that shapes the systems ultimately and so if you have a broken system it's a reflection of broken hearts and now we're seeing those hearts and. and uh, that that's been a i think a, a challenge to us it's can how good are we <laughs> at reading what's right right in front of our noses and, and as a nation as a world is in our local context i i'm challenged to say do I, do i understand what it is that god is letting us see right now and then the impact that, that that may be having on our our communities and our families and even and even on me my own thinking
0: the uh, it is interesting there's so much uh, one of the things that struck me is the and Anita and I found ourselves chatting about this as we'll see posts from, from other believers on social media conversation with them and we find ourselves kind of asking the question like listening to people hmm. are fired up They're, people are talking about I mean terrible things revolution <laughs> and, 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 and insurrection yeah and all of ex- a sudden
1: everybody knows how to spell insurrection again that's kind of fun
0: yeah and, and, and we just find ourselves like wow, these are people that uh, I don't think of as angry people. They're angry now. And I just kind of, I'm not saying I'm any better than them. I just think as believers, we got to be really cautious about being caught up in the cynicism. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. That is, that is really the national pastime. Um, You know, this business of critical theory. I mean, that is just an, it's a philosophical view on the world. It's a really Mm -hmm. cynical view, Everything can be boiled down to to its worst common denominator. I think as as Christians, something that God's really hit me with is, uh, yeah, things are bad, but they've always been bad. And I'm not called to get caught up in trying to change the system. Um, at least that's not my driving priority. It's, it's to point people back to the Lord and back to their need for Him. While I was... Uh, big event and you guys are familiar with it. Maybe our, our listeners aren't. My, my dad at a relatively young age, 71, fell into very bad health in the last few months and uh, mm-hmm. was actually very healthy up until the point that he wasn't. And um, a lot of you thank you for praying with us. And uh, for him, he's, he went home to be with the Lord about two and a half weeks ago. And so last Thursday, uh, we flew out to his funeral service out in the southeastern corner of Iowa there. And what, what kind of interested me was as I was seeing extended family or people that knew dad when he was uh, a new Christian back in his early 20s, one of the questions that people routinely asked me was, You're from Washington, right? How do you put up with all those liberals out there? (laughs) It's kind of an interesting question to ask. It was fun when I a few times I said, "Well, I'm one of them just just to push push their buttons," Uh, and they're like, "Oh, well, sorry about that." No, I'm just giving you a hard time. but uh, the fact that that was like one of the first things people were thinking about. And mm-hmm. I thought, man, that, that, politics, that's like the first thing, guys. Come on.
1: There's you almost lot. have to tell people you're from Idaho if you live east of the yeah, mountains. Yeah, it's we're like... not really Washington. <laughs> yeah, we're in the part of Idaho that uh, Washington hasn't realized is part of Idaho yet.
2: <laughs> well, even
0: even to that point, uh, unrelated to this, somebody recently asked me and they said, um, hey, and you know, in your church, are you, are you run into a lot of nationalism lately because in their circles they had, I said, mm. man, I, I don't think so. But um, man, when, 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 it, when these are the dominant themes, I think just again, God has been working on my heart because I'm, I'm not disinterested in these issues is I'm probably too interested in them because I find <laughs> myself when I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm browsing, I want to browse to certain sites to see what their take is. It's research
1: for Bombadil's porch. Mm-hmm. That's right. Very that's important. right. Um, important.
0: <laughs> you know, it, it has a role, but I, I think um, uh, God's just been calling me, make sure mm. it's not too important. Uh, make sure I'm not allowing it to become an idol in my life. And so that's an area that, um, that God's been working on me on actually kind of ties into that whole Bombadil thing, Tom, Tom mm-hmm. Bombadil. Uh, yes. he wasn't too worked up about what was going on. He wasn't oblivious to it. Um, fictional character, of course, but, um, but it, he didn't, it doesn't seem to allow to have dominated him. And so that's a, that's an area God's been working
1: on. And if you're confused, see season two, episode one. <laughs> that's right. You're like, what's a Bombadil? Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. Well said.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think for me this year, just, uh, you know, realizing with everyone else that 2021 would be no no different than 2020 part two. No, <laughs> I, I didn't have the high hopes that uh, that suddenly we'd everything would be better, everything would be fixed. You know, and as Christians, obviously there's a lot of things that aren't fixed in the world. Um, we could have a pessimistic view, um, but uh, I've been reading. You know, starting over with a Bible Bible reading, New Year, so I've been reading through and it's in Genesis and looking at the story of of Joseph. Mm. And how you know how that how that works together for good, um, you know, and uh, it's just yeah, I God's in, in control. Just a good reminder that you know sometimes things for Christians look bleak, and, and you know, similar to you guys, I've heard a lot of people, you know, even even in in, in Spokane, even Christians going, you know, ah, oh, what's gonna happen? You know, everything's gonna fall apart, and get all your money out and hide it under a mattress, and. You know, or whatever, whatever it might be, and and yeah, there may be some crazy times coming, but but what changes for the believer uh, in that? Uh, other than, I mean, yeah, we want to continue to be good stewards. We want to continue to um, you know to to make wise decisions. We want to continue to push for the things that are right, uh, even when we see the world going the opposite direction. But but ultimately, what that's what we should be doing always. Right. (laughs) So, so, so what really changes, it's not like the, the world system just suddenly got shaken, you know, (laughs) Trump was not our savior. Um, you know, uh, Jesus, Jesus is, you know, Jesus is King. That's right. (laughs) Um, so yeah, just, uh, I think that's what, what I've just really been thinking a lot about is, you know, how do we go? We set a foundation of, of that trust, you know, in January of this year so that come, you know, October or November, you know, you're still I'm mean, for myself, I'm still going, you know. God, whatever whatever has come or whatever is right around the corner, you know, our trust is in you and uh and and you you're in control. I shouldn't shouldn't worry about it. But.
0: as you're talking, Caleb, what came to mind a familiar passage to anybody uh who's been in church circles for a while is Matthew chapter six. And of course, this is this, a portion of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus preaching here. And he says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will put on. Is, let, is not life more than food in the body, more than clothing? He gives a couple examples. Look at the birds of the air. They're not, they, neither do they sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet. Your heavenly father feeds them. He goes on, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed arrayed like one of these. And then it gets down to the crux of the matter. Therefore, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Now, this is the part, this is a verse, I, I don't know how many. Probably thousands of times I've read this hmm. since coming to know the Lord as a youngster. But it's verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, these other things shall be added to you. And it's one of the liberating, I think, aspects of Christianity. When God saved us, he took on responsibility, the care and feeding stuff. Uh, and we took on a new responsibility, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And I think uh, if, there is, if there is anything that the devil has done a good job of in this spiritual war, his rebellion against the almighty, the great I am, I think it's been to get a lot of us worked up about a lot of things. And I guess the modern day, some people might say, well, uh, Nate, I, I don't worry about what I'm going to eat. Or, I don't worry about clothes. Um, uh, obviously, that's not all he's talking about. Jesus has said the modern day equivalent might be I'm worried about what my 401k is going to do. And for some people, that's more valid. I mean, if you're planning on retirement, a valid worry. But he's saying, don't worry about it. Uh, others might say, I'm worried about um, my, my mortgage. A valid worry. Not saying that these things aren't important. Um, groceries on the table for some people, that is a valid worry these days. But God has taken on those responsibilities and he's called us to a new responsibility. Which is to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, which in means being responsible, being hardworking, uh, being being salt and light for Him in this in this dark world. But I, I just that that came to mind, and mm-hmm. as you were talking about that, because I, I this is part of being kingdom minded people, and uh, part mm-hmm. of being uh, godly men is is not not getting our kids I, kids worked up about some of this. I gotta say, guys, I, I was. Uh, and youth group a few weeks ago. I think it was a few weeks ago. And one of our young people there in the middle school um, was so worked up about politics. Mm-hmm. I thought, not demeaning the person, but I'm just thinking, why are you worried about this? Um, and in, in turn, the same person later in the conversation, we were talking about the gospel and the same kid couldn't even tell us what the gospel was in a clear way, you know, like stumbled through it. I'm not trying to critique the, the young person, but man, it left me burdened afterwards. Even later that mm. night, as I went to sleep, I thought, not that anyone's doing anything wrong. I'm not trying to judge. I can't, I don't, I, I don't have any insight into the fa- and into the family life, but I thought, wow, mm. when it came to something like politics, not only was it eloquent, it was angry <laughs> mm-hmm. and when it came to something as glorious as the gospel. It was anything but, in, but eloquent. And it was clunky and almost to the point where I felt, man, maybe I need to pull them aside and share the gospel with them. <laughs> you mm. know, so I share that not to demean anybody, but I think my, as, 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 as kingdom men here sitting here and true kingdom men, not some Hollywood I think wasn't there a movie called Kingdom Men? I don't remember. I might be off on that, but probably, probably. <laughs> it wasn't okay. God's. I'm pretty sure it wasn't God's Kingdom. Okay. They were <laughs> interested. In. But as Kingdom Men, man, let's let's uh, let's lead our another lesson here. a in, in month in is if we're relying on the powers of mankind to solve problems, mm-hmm. forget about it. It's never worked. But if we're if we're walking in the Spirit and we're seeking first His Kingdom, God's Kingdom, and His righteousness. Boy, what a what a great example we can lead uh, for our families. So, uh, hopefully, Absolutely. hopefully, I didn't come across darker or or critical. I didn't mean it that way. But I I think if anything, um, the status quo is dark and critical these days. Mm. And boy, let's not get caught up in that. We serve a risen Savior who wins. Uh, that's another thing that comes to mind too. You know, Caleb, I'm always about lyrics. I don't there's something powerful about lyrics. But um, there was a Mercy Me album. Mm. Maybe their last one. And they've got a song three quarters of the way down through the list called. Uh, I Wait, think it's you called... listen
1: to albums all the way through the list. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh,
0: well, because there's a story, right? <laughs> it's the artistry of an album, right? Well, at least good artists, right? Yes. Oh, that's um, right.
1: They used to release albums, didn't they? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that was the thing.
0: <laughs> is it? Is it called We Win?
1: Right.
0: I'd have to look it up. It, yeah. It, when know. you listen to it, it sounds like a stadium anthem. Hmm. And and there's this build to, it, you know, it's almost like something you might hear in English (laughs) Prem League, right? (laughs) And, but of course, they're not talking football, sorry, soccer. Um, (laughs) They're talking about life. And there's, and this thing crescendos into this chorus about, yep, there's all these issues, there's all these things, but don't forget, Hmm. we win. And they just go into (laughs) it, right? And you could you can imagine this whole stadium yelling, we win. And as believers, we do win. Uh, not because of who we are or what mm-hmm. we've done, but because of who he is and yeah. what he has already
1: done. And all these things we overwhelmingly conquer yes. through him. Yeah. Mm. We just went over that in Romans eight with our high schoolers mm. last night. Uh, <laughs> it's a great reminder. And I, I do share um, your concern for how we're communicating these things to our children. Mm. And I've seen this increasingly, just even in the larger culture in in Twitter, uh, posts and, in and Facebook posts and in the media, you know, even my seven year old child, my four year old child, my eight year old child or whatever was just telling me the other day in tears, you know, that this extremely specific political policy or decision or or, whatever it is, is going to kill me someday, you know, and Mm -hmm. If, you know, our children shouldn't have to grow up in this world. And I'm like, I agree. So what in the world are you telling your kids? Like, yeah, yeah. There, there is nothing in that statement that a, a seven-year-old kid is going to go, huh, I'll bet you that thing's going to kill me. You know, this is, this
0: is a. Some social issue, right? Right.
1: This is a catechism, Right. <laughs> Hmm. This will kill you. They are bad. You should be angry, or at least very sad, right? That, I mean we're just we're inculcating these things into our children, and then they're parroting them back, and then we're using that as justification for our own overreactions again. And what what have we become? You know and mm-hmm. it's the job of for us as parents to look at a world that is full of scary things and sad things and unknown things and all of this, and then to say, what does that mean in the context of a God who has already predetermined the ending? And then it is the distillation of that thought process that we are to present to our children, and and that, there's so many opportunities to do that. You know, even this week we had our, our dearly beloved gerbil, very cleverly named Gray, for reasons that uh, you can't even imagine. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh, sorry, he yes. wasn't gray then. <laughs> no, actually he actually was. Yes, he was gray. She was gray. Um, yes, so she went to the great uh, gerbil wheel in the sky. Yeah, uh, yeah, we had a gerbil die, you know, and I've got some sad children gathered around this little cage with this little lifeless rodent in full rigor mortis.
0: For our and, listeners, <laughs> by the way, Chris just like in, interpreted <laughs> yes. the, the body, the, the, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was quite graphic. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> One arm straight out left, another twisted. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it was dead. And death mm-hmm. isn't. Death isn't pretty. Um, and uh, kids are you know, asking, why do we live in a world where things die? And this is so sad and it's so broken. And we have an opportunity that as, as parents, we can either say, uh, let's go get a lollipop, right? You know, distract, pretend like the darkness doesn't mm-hmm. exist or channel and validate their, their emotional reaction. I'm just so sorry. You're so sad. And, and just feed it and mm-hmm. teach them that when these things happen, the right response is to freak out. Hmm. or apply truth and show them how to understand why it's sad. Why, why would we be sad that a gerbil dies? Why care? You know, mm-hmm. one of the questions I asked him right at the beginning is why do you care that our gerbil died? Because I like the gerbil. Why do you like gerbils? And beginning to realize why we should care for living mm-hmm. things, why we should love the world that's around us and why it does hurt when those things succumb to the curse. And, And then take that to the gospel and and we can calibrate our children in this world. And I think 2021 is going to be a fantastic opportunity for us to do that with our children. Again, as I mentioned earlier, because I think it's a world where so much is now on the surface. What's been in the hearts of men or what's been hidden in the corners. Uh, plans that have been in formulation are now in action mode, and and as things are happening around us for us as parents, if it's a year where our children just see increasing anxiety and anger and frustration and and fear in us, we will have trained them to go into adulthood paralyzed, right? But what a, what an opportunity for us to be able to share, well, this is happening, and I'm not really excited about that because this is not what God wants for these reasons, and this is going on. There are these things that are happening around us, but, man, isn't it good to know that God's in control? Isn't Mm -hmm. it good to know and just be building that foundation of truth so that they're, they're ready to face what may be a generation even more difficult than ours? Yes, with a faith that can withstand any storm because it's anchored to the rock
0: that will not change. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned rock. I just turned over here to Matthew chapter 7. I
2: thought Jesus. we were going to talk about another rock song. Huh?
0: <laughs> coming, coming. Oh, ooh, okay. uh, Jesus says, uh, I, I will liken him, You know, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Uh, And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. And he's not talking about house architecture here Mm -hmm. or general contracting. He's talking about lives. Mm -hmm. And, And God willing, may we be leaders in our homes. May we be fellow co- uh, brothers in Christ to one another and to the rest of the guys in our mm-hmm. community here. Maybe we be the kind of people that built our house on the rock who is not, it's not a thing, it's a person mm. and that is Jesus. And when the rain descends and the floods will come and the winds will blow and beat on that house. And of course those are cultural conditions and the mm-hmm. circumstances of life um, and the the consequences of living in a fallen world. If we're built on Jesus and we raise our kids to build their lives on Jesus, they will not fall because it's built on him. Whereas if you build it on the sand, which could be anything other than the Lord, political dogma, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, getting caught up in a personality cult of some kind of a leader. Oh, he will save us or she will save us or, or this will save us. That's just sand. And when all those same conditions come, the rain descends, the flood came and the winds blew and beat on that house, Jesus said it fell. And not only did it fall, great was its fall. Right. Um, so I, I, you mentioned the rock there, but there's some. Great segues into rock music. Uh, would <laughs> love to chat about that, but but this one seemed uh, a little more important.
1: <laughs> I'm sure Caleb has a,
2: well, I some go, ready I at can go with at the tip of his tongue. Rock music. I actually do have a, uh, <laughs> a band. Uh, I think that I was thinking about actually from our, our life group. Well, from your message actually on Sunday, but it, it came out of a. I don't remember referencing a well, rock band. From from our life life Petra? Was there, well, I don't remember Petra. it. It wasn't, it wasn't going, Petra, okay. although uh, Petra, uh, yeah, <laughs> Petra <laughs> talks about a passage in Hebrews that. Uh, at had a Hebrews Bible study I'm in a couple of weeks ago. had to reference uh, Shaking the House by Petra. Ooh. That was a, anyway, uh, <laughs> we had uh, – anyway, the, shaco- the Shakeable Kingdom. Yes. But anyway – we're talking Petra, and I have Whiteheart playing in no, my head. I don't yeah. know what's going White on heart over here. Whiteheart or White Whiteheart. Oh, no, White Cross was a little more my jam, but that's okay. okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your gerbils, though. So we had a... Uh, that's we had how we the... segue on this show. Well, I've <laughs> got <laughs> a problem with my gerbils. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out okay. what to do. Uh, so, so Lizzie has uh, a couple gerbils at home. Uh, we had a hamster that... An, 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 an untimely end. Yes. Uh, died somehow. And so... <laughs> died then we, we did... We and and a, and a very distraught daughter, and we had to work through some of those very same things. Um yep. And then we said, "Oh, we'll get a couple of gerbils because uh, the the hamster was only like now." Your your gerbils have lived a while, so that you know that's the one nice thing. Yes, they're probably more <laughs> attached, but you know our our hamster was like just past the uh whatever it is the 60 day uh Guaranteed. guarantee guarantee from the from the pe- from the pet so shore, like oh, 64 days great and go. <laughs> son of a gun there goes 8 bucks That's right. exactly, son of a gun. exactly. Yeah. all that food we had to feed it for all those no, just kidding <laughs> um, you don't get any much Very reward sad. out of uh, but we we so we got these two gerbils both mm-hmm. uh at least uh, we think male uh, they're both male gerbils supposedly, but um, are you the, wondering they how there are more gerbils now? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we got a James Dobson yet. book we alone. We bought yet. two female
1: gerbils. <laughs> yeah, I heard and like, then we had a baby. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you never know. Well, not we, like the gerbils yeah, did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the uh, thing I was, to ask you is yours run on the on that wheel like crazy? I mean, I've been in your house before and heard it hit them running at the. Uh, now ours do not run on the wheel at all. Like at all, the hamster used to all night. Like. Uh huh. Like, Dribbles, they, they they sit on it. They don't ever run on it, at least not while anyone's awake. And they're not really like as nocturnal as like a hamster. They're a little more, uh, more so, day-friendly. But they're still kind of a desert mouse. They like, they well, like they the are, night. But I, but they, they don't run on the, the wheel. I, yeah. I, I, and and they're, getting, they're gaining weight. They're getting chubby. <laughs> and I'm a little bit afraid they watching, that they don't have any... Uh, they're snacking, watching TV. Yeah, they might be. Maybe yeah. that's
0: it. Maybe they're...
1: Uh, what, what do they do? Uh, do they just... Dig they, around and... So they're still active? They not... got
2: a little tunnel. Yeah, but not active, like running on a wheel. Not like the Amster was, okay. man. He
1: was... They have a little tunnel. Ooh, they have a cool tunnel. They
2: do have a cool See, tunnel. See, our, our trick
1: was we kept that cage so boring. Ah. There was nothing to do but run on the wheel. Oh, maybe we oh, that's not, good. That's not entirely true. No, they dug in the paper and stuff in yours. You but... got a little paper stuff in there. It's, that was a mistake we ended up finding out is that we were using a bag of pine shaving bedding. Yeah. That had you like know. pictures of little animals on it. And then we found out later that... Apparently that's toxic to to gerbils, and so yeah. we the same one that finally did kick the bucket almost kicked the bucket some months back because of the because of the bedding. The we finally be, we're, you know put more fresh bedding in there. It's getting sick. Yeah, and then uh, we finally found some some research online that was like, yeah, do not use pine shavings. So we went and we got new bedding. Like two yeah. days later, it was like a brand new gerbil. It was like uh, okay, so nice. So if you've got pine shavings
2: in there, we don't know they might needs. just be like
1: yeah. fat and dying.
0: Yeah.
2: No, <laughs> so, they're just getting fat. But. But. No, I was thinking about uh, your message though um, <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> Speaking
1: it. of fat, lazy gerbils.
2: And you were just talking, well, <laughs> I'd like to mind map this yeah. conversation. You guys ever use that software?
1: To our gracious <laughs> listeners, if we still have any, um, Caleb. <laughs> we typically have an outline and it's written. Uh, and today we don't. This and is free this is, this yeah. is what happened. Yeah. This is free yeah. This is what happens. We said we're gonna
2: do popcorn style. We're just uh pop <laughs> whatever pops into your brain. I'm gonna talk about oh, no. Man. maybe that's not good. Uh, but I me. was thinking about your by your message. Another thing, you know, just kind of learning this mm-hmm. not learning, but, but been thinking about uh, more is just, you know, how do how do we pour out our lives? You know, as Jesus mm-hmm. says, you know, unless it's a grain of wheat or a seed falls to the ground and dies, it, uh, it remains alone. But if it dies, um, it bears much, bears fruit. much fruit, right? Life, life comes from our dying and, and how, how do we, how do we die well and, and not die well? Like, like we're going to die, you know, like it's our last days, but, but you know, like not Braveheart style. Yeah, death. well, that we
1: are not a renewable resource. Like yeah, there's yes. a where there's a fixed quantity of of time, of energy, yeah. of resources that God has given, and every day that sand is slipping through the the mm-hmm. glass, one way or another.
2: Yeah, and 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 like Michaela and I, we kind of has a joke anytime anything goes wrong. She's like, you know, what's wrong? Are you dying? And I always go, oh, yes, we, are, we you know, and it's kind of a joke in our house. We're all dying, right? And you know, and that's kind of the thing I, I tell. People, really, like, we, cells are dying all the time. Stuff's, yep. you know, we're we dying, and we kind of joke with them. Yep, yeah, you're born and then you die. You know, that's kind of it. You know, your death begins as you. Yep, you're <laughs> you're born, born with
1: birth, terminal humanity. So
2: your days, your days are numbered, and, and that's a reality. But you know, how do we then? How do we live mm. well? But but, right. but with the the focus that we're that we're pouring out, uh, and you brought that up. You know that there's uh, that, that that we we pour ourselves out for i forget exactly how mm-hmm. you said it on sunday but but it was it was <laughs> it was too. impactful <laughs> but it made me think of a uh, a band so this <laughs> is coming back full circle that i was, was thinking that about
1: that you were humming during my message
0: uh, yeah, my yeah.
2: His head was bobbing uh, you don't yeah, sure. wondered why yeah. Yeah. yeah there was a band in the spokane area uh, you would have not been here yet uh, nor would you have been here yet but uh, called the champion bird watchers and if you're a listener and you've Ooh. been – you're from Spokane and you don't know about them, that's probably with reason because they were not probably a very big band. But the Champion Birdwatchers, um, and they had only put out a couple albums, um, yeah, brilliant musicians. I, I really appreciated them. Uh, a couple of the guys I think were in the – Pretty competent Birdwatchers Spokane. too, Spokane, yeah, yeah. The Birdwatching didn't really <laughs> happen. a little really arrogant, happen. I think. I you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, thought yeah. I was
0: a good Birdwatcher.
2: Yeah. But they uh, – uh, Christian band, but they had a, a song – they had an album called uh The Inconsolable Longing and uh and in it uh like four of the song it's basically it, they were good kind of storytellers from the beginning to the end, but it was uh named after the uh what the four Galilean moons of uh, uh is it Jupiter that has all the moons? Yes. It does have some. Thank you. Jupiter's moons. Um, anyway, uh, there's, there's four main ones. Anyway, one of them is IO and in the song IO, uh, there's a line that says, uh, that says, um, let's see if I can remember it in my mind now. Um, time is a gift poured out with the deepest hope that we might choose to spend time our lives on the giver. Oh. And I just thought, you know, that's just a great, a great line. Um, and then they talk a little bit later about how, um, you know, um, it's slightly later in that quote, but, uh, but talking about how, um, you know, I've had fleeting glimpses of uncertainty. Like, I don't know really a lot of everything, but one thing I do know, or one, this is my one certainty that time is a gift that I gift. I O
1: mm.
2: I O is a, a name of, uh, I see what they did there. Yeah. I O because I O is, is, the name of the song, "I Owe the Moon," you know, <laughs> clever, clever. But, uh, but, um, but that always has always stuck with me. That line because you know that that's a reality is that that our lives, you know, we 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 owe our lives largely. I do mean, as Christians, we owe our lives to Christ, you know. And so, um, you know, how do we how do we spend our lives well? Because they're being spent. You know, ultimately, we don't know how long we're gonna have. Yeah. So.
1: I mean, what a picture that's been even in your yeah. life right now. Um, you talked about wanting to teach our children the foundation of worshiping God and, and, and all that. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're the recipient of a generation mm-hmm. that was faithful mm-hmm. to do that. And what a blessing I think that has been in, in your life to have to have received that gift. Again, not, not from Jesus directly. And so all of our fathers have passed that on imperfectly to some degree, but put in a way that I, just the way that you've spoken of your father and the way, the way others have, what a cool legacy! What, and, I, en- what I ended yeah. up
0: sharing at at, um, at the funeral, uh, Mom asked me to say, f- say a few things, and what I ended up sharing to your ties to exactly into what you were saying, and maybe maybe you guys can relate to this. I used to think growing up that my testimony—I think most of our listeners know what that is—I had to define that at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> but what I used I used to think my testimony. Was a bit on the bland side, and mm-hmm. that's not a criticism of our Lord. It was just more. There are some dramatic testimonies out. Somebody was saved, you know, maybe out of a gangster lifestyle. My, my dad had one of those dramatic testimonies, dramatic conversion story mm-hmm. as well, in his later teens. And um, not that I was ashamed of a guy, I just didn't think it was that interesting. My my I was born into a Christian family and came to know Christ as my savior at a relatively young age. And, and so it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized, hold on, I I am being, I need to look at the big picture here because my testimony didn't just start with me. It started a long time before I was born and God took my dad who was, uh, because his father died when he was young in a tragic car accident, and his reaction to that was anger, it was rebellion, fear, and it set him on a course through his teen years of violence and substance abuse, a variety of other abuse and illegal activities, and um, and then at age 19, he was almost beaten to death in a big fight uh, that he probably deserved. He got the you know, the, the sharp end of what he'd been dishing out from a bunch of guys. In fact, uh, while we were out there for the funeral, we drove by that very spot, wow. uh, right next to the power plant comp- <laughs> office on the way into this little town. Um, and God radically saved him. He was that night. He really did think he was going to die. And so he had several days of recovery there in, in the basement of a friend's house, um, licking his wounds and, and coming back from that to think about, wow, if I, if I had died, there is no question where I would go if, if there is a God. And God used that and set him on a journey to save him. Across, mm-hmm. across town, same town, my mom was growing up the youngest of six girls, growing up in a home without dad. And when he was present before he left them, uh, he was an abusive alcoholic. And so her her siblings, especially the older ones, still bear the scars of that to this day. And yet, in her late teen years, God brought her to Himself, and she was saved. And so you have this two broken people who are saved, but have no model, no example in their life of what a godly dad would look like. And yet. In spite of all that, you would think, oh boy, the next generation, they're just going to carry it on. Because, um, But my my sister and I, we grew up in a home that was safe, fun, um, focused on God and his word. There is no perfect home because after all, we're still fallen people. But but my point being, Mm. uh, my testimony ends up being a powerful one. Not because I was saved out of some gang gangland world, but because of what God did to fix them and repair them, so you know because you're Amen. talking about that that was uh that's that's been another great reminder here in this month, and I think our our anyone in our listening audience, maybe you guys can even relate to this, there was a point at which uh, your parents, maybe your grandparents or great grandparents did not know the Lord, and God reached into your into that family's legacy and save somebody. You're the beneficiaries of that.
1: Amen. And how cool your children, you know, their, their grandchildren, they're, they're inheriting something very special. As you know, sort of the, the icebreakers that, that your parents were in their family tree, you got to pick up the momentum that they left behind to you. And I know your heart is to love the lord and to serve him mm. and and the growth that you will be able to to have in your life building even on on their legacy and the opportunity that is for your children and so often that momentum is lost in the second generation because the the passion, the heart that was there for those who first came to the Lord doesn't get transferred to the next generation successfully. And so the next generation kind of does what they're supposed to, but they don't really care.
0: I don't know why. Don't know uh, why. Nation of Israel, perfect right. example of that. You exactly. had the invasion of the land, first generation. Exactly. Uh, jo- uh, Caleb comes to mind, the, uh, Joshua, mighty men of valor who saw mm-hmm. amazing works of God and their kids mm-hmm. turned away. Yeah. Uh and it's a terrifying. I don't recall what it, the exact reference There's a terrifying verse though. That talked to I mean if you think they they did not know God. There was a generation. It's like, wow, mm. it wasn't yeah. that long ago.
1: It goes <laughs> so, so quickly from mm. the radicals to the Pharisees to those who abandon. Uh, mm. But that's not what has to take place, Amen. you know. Mm-hmm. And just need to see even just in your family tree. I know in my in my family tree to see their depending which line you go down, <laughs> you know, there's, there's quite a legacy of faith that goes, goes quite a ways back. And, and that's, that is cool. You know, those are all things that God has determined. And, and this is now our generation, you know, this, this is the year where we have the opportunity to be thankful and to appreciate and maximize the, that blessing that we've inherited and to be busy about passing it on. in every context that this year will bring up, whether things end up going better than we expected, whether they end up going even worse than we expected, every context will be a good opportunity for us to hand on the blessings of, of, that we have received to, to the next generation. And I hope we're faithful to do that. Mm. I think one of the lessons I've been learning this year, um, we've gone through some, some some trials in in some difficult relationships and some things that have, have been— um, Really, Yeah. One of those things that just burdens your soul, a hard, mm-hmm. a hard season. And one thing that we've said to each other many times, uh, my wife and I is trust the process, <laughs> trust the process. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think one of the things that I'm learning is, uh, the incredible wisdom in, in the patterns that God has laid out for us in life and, and that those patterns are sufficient for everything that life throws at you, uh, there's the the patterns that you might call you know what what was called in in former times you know the the common means of grace that we can take advantage of read god's word uh pray go to church and be with the people of god um uh, just these these rhythms that that we ought to live in like that's what you should do when everything is going great that's what you do you should do when everything is not going great because that is a process that keeps you in the place where you're going to have the grace of God ministered to you through the things that he has decided to put into his world to minister to his children, you know, and that's important. Or when you're dealing with broken relationships and hurting things, and it just feels like there's things are in crisis mode and things are just full of, of drama and, and and heartache, uh, trust the process, mm. you know, what, what needs to be confessed, what needs to be repented from, what needs to be followed up on, what conversations need to take place, what truth needs to be applied, what patience needs to be demonstrated, Trust the process uh, because that's what God will bless, you know, and if he's in control, we don't need to innovate on the process because I've Mm. got a better idea to fix this thing that I feel is outside of my control. Trust the process. And I think 2021 will be a year that tests a lot of our conviction potentially to the process. You know, what are those patterns that we are developing in ourselves and our children, uh, encouraging one another with when the little things come up? and. Are we doing the little things well because that's the exact same process we'll need to use when the crisis comes and we want to have that be a habit, uh, habituated. And so, yeah, for me, I think already that's just a phrase that's getting burned into my brain is mm. trust the process.
0: Mm. You know, um, part of that process, uh, that's near and dear to my heart. And you're like, oh boy, here he goes, um, I was thinking too, um, the relationships we build are really really important something god's been teaching me of don't just tell people you're praying for them and don't just pray for them go be part of their life I think that's something that's a, a important lesson for me here in the in the first month of 2021 uh it's it's tough enough being a prayer warrior but I think too uh, I don't want to just pray for people I want to I think God's called me to go be a part of their life in some way. Uh, what comes to mind is an old um, name drop, uh, Howard Hendricks uh, sermon uh-huh. I heard somewhere along <laughs> the way. And, uh, and some, of the, you know, some of our listeners are like, oh, boy, Nate always talks about this, even over coffees or whatnot. But um, I think it's so important for us. He, uh, Howard said... Every man, I'm going to talk to the guys here specifically, not to exclude anyone. Is that Caleb and I then? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, I don't, the the only, the only real feedback we get from our listeners are from all the ladies out there, right? (laughs) It's like, are any guys listening? I don't know. Oh no. Um, Guys are pretty, pretty, pretty lousy at following up. So, you know, maybe we can be a good example. But what Howard said was every man needs a Paul. Every man needs a Barnabas and every man needs a Timothy and i and and the thing is you can't just invent a Paul in your life, and by the way, for those of you listening who haven't heard this, what he meant what in his, his in his message as he expounded on this, he's like, every man needs a Paul, somebody who is a little older in the faith, maybe not even older chronologically, but has a little more of life's experience under their belt with particular focus on their walk with the Lord. And somebody who can, can, maybe you don't call them a mentor, but they fill that role in your life. They fill that need in your life because all of us need this. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of their wisdom comes from the ways they've messed up because that's the best lessons learned. Um, And I say that because there's a number of you guys out there that are potential Pauls. I was just sitting, um, family came out to the funeral and I sat with a guy, um, one of my groomsmen. And uh, and by the way, I didn't have groomsmen that were my age because I, I, for whatever reason, it was important to me that my groomsmen be be guys that had a real strong impact on my life. So they're all my dad's age. (laughs) Um, So he sat there and we haven't had a lot of interaction over the years because we live on separate coasts. But I was sharing this with him and I said, you know, my experience, a lot of reason, a lot of guys that could be potential Pauls, guys that I would want to be a Paul in my life, are hesitant. They don't seem interested. But when you get down to it, a lot of them, there's reasons they're tired. They feel like they don't have time or they, what I think you do, they feel unworthy. And, um, reality is if you feel unworthy, you're probably a good candidate to be a good Paul in someone's (laughs) life because you've got a good set. Now don't, don't live in that, but, um, your lessons learned are something that, that younger guys in the Lord need. So every man needs a Paul. Every man needs a Barnabas. And that's your, that's your peers. I kind of look at you guys this way, giving myself the benefit. I think I've got a few years on you. But um, um, every guy needs a, a Barnabas. And that's a brother in the Lord who sees through your baloney. <laughs> it's a brother in the Lord who knows when you, when he asks you how you're doing and you said, fine, knows that you're lying, not because you're a liar, but because you don't want to get into it or just out of habit. We always say fine when things are not fine. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that, that because he loves you will correctly and politely and, and lovingly call you out and, 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 and not just and not be that guy that says, you need to get your act together, and then disappears, but it will help you do it. So every man needs a Barnabas, and every man needs a Timothy. And basically, what's your Timothy? Well, that Paul in your life, you are you are that Paul to someone else. And so I think in terms of a lesson, that, 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 these things take time, and they take mutual interest. Um, but, I, man, when, when the storms come and the winds blow, as we were talking about Jesus' parable a little bit ago, those relationships are really important. And you can't suddenly invent a Paul or a Barnabas or a Timothy in the midst of the storm. It, it talked um, probably in our last uh, segment, last episode, Caleb, those relationships. So I think that's another, uh, I don't want to call it a new lesson, but it's something because uh, this is something that's kind of near and dear to me. But but in this year, uh, actually the last few years of trial and tribulation and more recently you know, something closer to home with with dad's passing, going to home to be to heaven. Um, it's just, it's, it's like this, um, this strong reminder, get, build these relationships. And I will say it's not easy, but you know, my expectation to you both and to those listening is not only do you need it, there are people out there sitting in the pews that need it or sitting in their homes that need Mm. it. And right now, especially with COVID, we're so isolated. And as Pastor Ben said, probably three, four months ago, I talked about the sheep being scattered. That is a reality. Mm. And it's not a reality we have to accept. I think it's just a reality. We need to try that much harder. So I I have sermonized too long on this point. Uh, So with that, I'll (laughs) I'll, I'll wrap up. But that's another big lesson Mm -hmm. just in the first month of Mm -hmm. of this year that God's hit me with. Amen. Mm -hmm.
1: And. No, one other lesson that has been on my mind um, that has come up in some of the the interactions of this first month is that um, relationships are always going to be risky and messy. And just really anything you do is going to be risky and messy. Messy, uh, And a word that has come up in a lot of times is the word trust. But can you trust this person? Can you trust this situation? Can you trust the circumstance or whatever it is? I think it's incredibly freeing to come to the realization that no, <laughs> you can't, right? You can't trust anybody because there's no person unaffected by sin and there's no situation or circumstance unaffected by sin. And so absolute trust for anything or anyone in a fallen world, this side of glory is foolishness, but you can trust God absolutely implicitly and trusting god then gives us what we need to go face risky situations and circumstances and to do things that we know may get messy and i think that's that's been an encouragement to me is don't don't be scared to do stuff that's risky to have relationships that are risky to to be involved in circumstances that are risky as long as you're convinced that that's what God wants you to do. And by convinced, I mean, not that you've heard a voice in your head that tells you to do it. I mean, having looked at the revealed will of God and his word and having sought wise counsel, he's, as he calls us to do and applying biblical principles and all, all the things that God says do, uh, if you're convinced, you know what, this is something that I should be invested in or something I should pursue. And I could get hurt by it because it's risky, but that's okay. Cause I trust the God who's in control of all these things. And I'm anticipating that he will intentionally put me into situations that will be messy and will be difficult. And sometimes will even be painful, but that he will do that for my good. And so that, yeah, that that's something I've just been thinking about this year. Um, we've, I think sometimes idolized trust in our relationships and we've, you know, we can't have a relationship unless we trust each other or we can't do this unless we can trust the situation. And I think that's not a helpful category in many cases. Mm. Mm. Uh, I think it's, much more helpful to say, do we trust God? And trusting God, then do we think we should do this thing? And if the answer is yes, then we do it. Then if it becomes a wild adventure, that's okay. You know, that doesn't mean we did it wrong. It means that's the kind of God we serve who sometimes sends us on wild adventures that he will not abandon us in, but he will go along with us in. Uh so yeah mm. as we especially start 2021 I know a lot of folks um are hurting because they can't trust Trump to save them anymore <laughs> you know or mm. I mean just whatever it is mm-hmm. there's just all these things that we find in our culture that we try to trust okay because this thing is still in place still feel okay uh and then be, if they, their political candidate doesn't win if if their job situation doesn't pan out if um uh, Stuff comes up in their marriage they didn't know was there. And now all of a sudden, I can't trust you. I can't trust this. I can't trust that. And they start floundering, Mm. right? And the the life preserver is still around your waist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But but we're acting like we're drowning uh, because we're we're trying to trust in something else. Mm. And so, yeah, I've just been challenged by that this year is trust God, trust God only. And that doesn't mean then you live with this Pessimistic cynicism towards everybody else—it actually fuels your willingness to engage with people with sincerity and vulnerability because you trust God. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen.
1: Was God teaching you anything else, Caleb? Teach
2: me lots of things.
1: Fantastic. That's a good note to end on.
2: <laughs> hope yes, I agree. Do you me want to more. mention any? <laughs> I mean, I mentioned okay. a couple already. Yes. I think we're good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, I don't know. What will we overtime, for time? Probably yeah. time to wrap it up. We're, right. we're
1: about that time. I just wanted to we're make right. sure yeah. that- uh, Thank you.
2: I appreciate that. Nate had a
1: great point, and then I waxed on for yeah. a while. I don't want you to feel left out.
2: I don't feel left out. Well, that's I fantastic. Feel, I feel fortunate to sit in this room and listen to you guys. Amen. Some great things so to learn. say we all.
0: I like your point about trust, by the way. Um, what What struck me about that is not only trusting the Lord- uh but an extension of trust is when you when you do get when you do get to know one another i uh, uh, i am pointing at you guys you're going to think well man what's he trying to say um no uh, i think uh, i see where you're going with this <laughs> we're all jacked up people right <laughs> yeah. and, yes. and 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 some, sometimes I, I i i none of us are immune to this certainly no congregation is immune to this uh, you get into a, a mode of okay i'm jacked up um but you put on your best face, right? Your Instagram version of you. Sure. Instagram <laughs> Sunday morning, thing. the Sunday morning Instagram. I think version. it's still a thing. And and um, and the reality is, as you get to know people, it, this shouldn't make you cynical. It should encourage you. Everybody's jacked up. Uh, everybody is is fractured in some way. Some parts of us are broken and whatnot. Um, and so, and so as you get to know people, and especially in uh, you know in. in Community, our church community, is you people are going to say things or do things that might even rub you the wrong way, but give them the, in terms of trust, mm-hmm. give them the benefit of mm-hmm. the doubt. I think that give people the benefit of the doubt is such a big deal. Um, these days, especially as cancel culture becomes mm-hmm. just this right, prevalent mm-hmm. mindset, it's kind of like someone messes up. Nuh uh, I'm out. They, they, they missed, you know, they mm-hmm. said something wrong, they offended me or, whatever. Just give people the benefit of the doubt. And that's kind of an extension of that trust theme, especially with other believers. Um, none of us is saint. Saints don't exist. I mean, in the sense that they are perfect people that does not exist other than Jesus himself. Um, and so I just think, you know, a measure of grace as we interact with, with each other and our listeners, you interact with, with, um, your brothers and sisters in Christ, a measure of grace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, people aren't, and, and, and by even sometimes, I don't know about you guys, but with the kids, mm-hmm. they, they have this, they automatically assume ill intent from their brothers and sisters. <laughs> now, sometimes they would be exactly right, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there are other times where like, you know, no, he bumped into me because, and you no, know, he bumped into you just because he bumped into you. A measure of grace, Guys, so um, sometimes you know the sheep, the flock. Jesus compares us to sheep. Sometimes we get a little nippy, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but give give each other a break. You know, give extend the same grace you'd hope that they would extend to you on your worst.
1: Amen. Yeah, I think that's a good note to end on. Mm-hmm. In twenty twenty one, let's not be sheep that bite. <laughs> but a lot going on in our world. I'm thankful. Uh, And and I mean that not just globally, but just the spheres that we're we're living in. And I know for our listeners, uh, the stories we're telling can be repeated ad infinitum. You know, just God's teaching everybody something. This is a story in progress. There's not a plot line that has fallen, um, fallen fallow. You know, God is moving every story forward to its ultimate conclusion. And I hope that we will trace that with gratitude and with worship uh, and with attention uh, this year. But that'll probably be the subject of hopefully many more Bombadil's Porch <laughs> episodes in the future. So
0: do you want to land us, Nate? You bet. You bet. Uh, that is all for this episode. want to thank you for hanging out with us, exploring God's amazing world and his word. We kind of touched on both in today's episode. Don't forget to tune in for our next episode. And remember, we're saving you a seat here on Bombadil's Porch, metaphorically, although we, we could have guests. We got room Absolutely. in here. Uh, to subscribe to our podcast, look up Bombadil's Porch on Spotify using your podcasting software of choice. I think we're on Apple Podcasts now. Did we
1: make it? I think I we're on checked. there. Uh,
0: cool. By all means, visit us at bombadilsporch.com. And please leave us a voicemail with comments or questions or suggestions. We always love hearing from our listeners and we can also be reached at bombadilsporch at gmail.com and closing from myself Caleb and Chris the almighty God the ancient of days has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light he made you with purpose and for his glory be encouraged don't despair never quit never give up do not fear because you are never alone you serve the great I am